Freedom lovers, advocates for liberty, and anti-politicians listening everywhere. Welcome back to another episode of Anti-Politics. My name is Rob Reynoso. With me is my good friend, Alan Lemp. How are you, man? I'm doing good, brother. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Just had some awesome French toast on a good Sunday once again, and I'm ready to start this week off right, brother. How about you? Nice, man. Yeah, I got a good weekend, too. You know, I had some friends in town. We were celebrating uh, a friend's birthday. I uh, got to do some barbecue chicken last night. It's uh, all is good in the hood, man. That's what's up, man. I can't wait till the weather warms up again so I can get back out there. Dude, I'm with you. Um, and just have like more outdoor range time too. Like, oh um, yeah. You know, I don't mind training in the cold here and there, but if you really want to try to get used to something new, going to a buddy's house that owns a farm or something like that, and just going on a private range is a lot more. Uh, I get a lot more out of it. You know what I mean? And most of those people just don't want to fucking do it unless it's nice out. If it ain't raining, I ain't training. Right. Well, you know, I train naked because they say train how you fight. So <laughs> you guys don't want to know I'm holding those extra mags. <laughs> <laughs> Never ask me for a mag. Never. <laughs> Next time I see you walking funny, I'll know what's going on. <laughs> Got 330 rounders up there right now. You got to put on some impressive psyops if they're going to be flying spy balloons over us. Dude, I, I'm really excited to kind of break down my thought process on this. Um, and I think there's several things that are true that people are, you know, what's quote unquote a conspiracy theory on it right now. Right. Um, first of all, what the fuck is stopping China from sending dozens of those over at the same time and having EMP devices on those motherfuckers? EMP devices, biological weapons. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was, it's just, you know, to say that they can, maybe it's a flex. I mean, it totally violates the sovereignty of the United States to just let something like that happen. Yeah, hundred percent. And for them to say, oh, we waited till it got to the Atlantic Ocean to shoot it down because we were worried about it hurting somebody or killing somebody coming down. Motherfucker, that thing went over Alaska. It went through Canada before it hit U.S. airspace. And then it went over Montana. Montana has 1.1 million people that live in the entire fucking state. Columbus, Ohio has almost as many people in Columbus proper. They have like 990,000 some as Montana does for the entire state. You're not telling me that there was no place you could have shot it down over Montana, Canada, or Alaska. Yeah, they had plenty of time to react to that. Um, and now, you know, they're bringing up the Pentagon, I guess the Pentagon was saying that they had balloons flying over during the Trump presidency, you know, and how much of that can be proven true. I don't know. At this point, I'm going to, I'm going to say it's alleged because, because I don't know. I haven't seen whether or not that's true or not. So I can't speak to that. Um, but what I can speak on is that it's a classic move. Like, of, of course, somebody wants to save face. They're going to say, oh, well, he did it too. You know, you know, that's, that doesn't make it right. 
you know, first of all, let's try to wrap our minds around the fact that it went over the entire fucking contiguous United States without being shot down. The second it gets off coast, they shoot it down easily with a $2 million rocket, by the way. $2 million rocket. They could use something smaller, but they're like, ah, fuck it. We got a trillion dollar defense budget every year. Like, let's use the $2 million rocket this time. Like, let's get some training in on it, man. And I love China's response, too. And they're like, oh, what is this balloon, China? They're like, oh, it's just a citizen's weather balloon. Like, it's not ours. That's funny because that was like their response was word for word what the U.S. response was for the spy balloons they used back in the 50s. Literally, word for word. That's how you knew it was a big F you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're going tit for tat. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's like some 10-year-old shit. Dude, it it really is. But what concerns me the most is why did the U.S. allow that balloon to keep flying over our, our airspace and taking those pictures and, and gathering that surveillance? Like, what is the real reason? There's obviously plenty of place they could have shot it down when they knew about it if they really wanted to. But no, they instead created a narrative that they have to let it go over the country. They have to let it gather all this intel. That motherfucker had solar panels. Everything it was seeing in real time was being streamed right back to whoever had the control of that balloon, right? Oh, yeah. What what, what do they have on us? What do they have on Biden that is forcing this to be allowed? And he actually came out from what I'm reading. Supposedly, he said that he told them to shoot it down and they didn't listen to him. Yeah. So, I mean, like, what are they not telling us as to why they think that decision was the best, right? Um, I think that's probably the best possible thought train on it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and there could be some conspiring to it. There could be some somebody's under the thumb of somebody else. Probably is in the world political stage. I mean, just the way life is nowadays, right? Um, but yeah, just not knowing exactly what it is. And for the height that those balloons are at, they can't really just send a drone to go check it out, right? Um, and any satellite images would just show the balloon. You wouldn't see the components, Um and you, you don't know what else they put on that motherfucker. I mean, it could be all types of little booby traps they put on there. The Chinese, they're sneaky. They're some sneaky people. <laughs> well, all I have to say is this, and that's good night table, good night moon, good night Chinese spy balloon. Mm, can't wait for that book to drop. <laughs> It'll be a children's favorite for generations to come. A true classic that you yourselves would be able to stock on your own shelves. Speaking of putting books on the shelf for your kids to read, that's starting tradition. What better way to do that than by cataloging everything that you do at home? All your recipes, your family activities, photos. Dude, that was a great idea that you posted up, man. I, I appreciate that. I've been I've been thinking about it for a while because I've really been getting kind of stuck in my head. Um, on how to preserve things, preserve a way of living, preserve a way of life. You know, look how much we've lost in two generations thanks to convenience alone, right? You know, things that our grandparents were doing um, that was normal stuff. Like, you know, for example, wood burning uh, just to heat your house. Nobody does that anymore. But now you're you're giving up your your right and your freedom to have control over that, handing it over to a company and the government, right? Um, and all those family recipes, the jarring, the canning, everything. Uh, the best way to, you know, heal this um, kind of burn or whatever it could be, like anything, just more photos and not having it all on digital files, too. So the, the family Bible is the idea. That's the name of the idea that I'm working on, everybody. 
Um, still trying to iron out the details, but the the base of the idea, what I want to do is I want to send out two inch notebooks um, to everybody in my family, every household, right? Um, even if there's a house where somebody's 18 and they're still living with their parents and the family, um, then the 18 year old would get one and the head of the house would get one. Um, and we create a family trust. And what happens is every time somebody fills up one of these books um, and they need another one, that book gets put into the family trust and everybody that is 18 and over in the family is on that trust. And uh, the second they turn 18, they get their first book, boom, they're on the trust, or we just put them on the trust right when they're born. Um, that way we always have somebody in you know, case uh, everybody in the family who gets hit by a figurative bus on the same day, we have somebody that still has access to it. There's going to be some detail worked out in that, uh, that verbiage, but either way, what the point is, is that we want to preserve everything we can, um, uh, family history, um, you know, where we come from, all that kind of stuff, pictures, recipes, everything, like whatever it is, I want to preserve it and keep it in the family. Uh, there, there's very little information I can get about my family for, you know, two generations past right now, because all the people that really knew all that stuff have passed away and they didn't have anything written down. It was all stories. For y'all listening out there, this is what writing your own history actually means. It has nothing to do with fucking politics, all right? Your history happens inside your home and with your family. You can't let anybody take that from you. Let's bring back those core values. That's what our country was built on. Uh, you have strong households, then you have strong communities. Yeah, I mean, 100%. This is literally embracing the, uh, the, the idea and the saying, reject modernity and embrace tradition. Embrace that tradition. And if you want that tradition passed down um, to the next generation, the generation after that and after that, you have to create a, a viable system for that information to be preserved and be passed down in a safe, contained way. Um, and, you know, another saying that this kind of falls into as well is history is uh, written by the winners, right? Well, now we can have a collective American history for every family out there that would do this that isn't written by somebody that wins or has more money or has more power. That's a tyrannical government that runs extortion gangs throughout the entire country to extort us through our money, through violence in any way, shape or form they can. Now we have that control. We take back that power for ourselves. Get active with your family. I we usually say get active with your communities. They, I think today's, mm -hmm. today's message is good. Get active with your family. That's pretty good. I like that. 100%. And, and really, you know, when you think of community, your family should be the first core community on that level. You can't help other people unless you're helping yourself and you have yourself in a spot to be able to help them. And that includes your family on that for yourself. Make sure everybody in your family is taken care of. Make sure they're good. Make sure they're happy. Make sure they have what they need. Focus on that first, because then it's not just you trying to reach out to each person that you talk in your community, but it's your entire family that becomes that pillar of the entire community that is there changing hearts and minds and helping people and fighting to help people, fighting to take care of people. You know, no growth unless we grow together. And that's, that's a beautiful thing. It's not just you involved in this, get your family involved too. start changing their hearts and minds, make sure they're taken care of. And just through, you know, natural progression of taking care of them and checking on them and having conversations with them, you know, the way families used to interact on a normal basis growing up and, you know, generations ago, um, it's going to start spilling over in the community from everybody in the family, plain and simple.
and not everybody has that perfect setup where they can start to do this sort of thing with their family. Uh, if, if you find yourself reaching out to somebody in your family, you're persistently saying, hey, you know, like, look at this great idea. Let's take notes on everything we do so we could pass it on to our future generations in this trust. And they're, they're constantly giving you the negativity. It's okay to, to say okay and walk away. Come at it a different way. And if it never works out, then it doesn't work out. And that's unfortunate. Your family is large. And even if it doesn't feel like it is, you still live in a community. Start in your own home, even if it's by yourself. If you lay those values out, if you set your own traditions and you stick to your morals and you stick to your ethics, the people will come. Guaranteed. Mm -hmm. Especially if you have good intentions. Yep. And, and family doesn't mean just blood family too, right? I got a lot of friends that I will consider family until the day I die. Um, I got a lot of people I know online uh, that... I will consider family until the day I die. Um, you know, they would all at the drop of a dime do anything to help me out if they were able to. Um, and we always check on each other and check in with each other. Like, hey, man, haven't seen you or heard from you in a couple of days. Like, you okay? You doing all right? Your head good? Like, you good? I, I have people I've known since I was five years old that don't do that. And if that's not family, I don't know what is, man. We can't let that go, dude. One of the fucking things that really infuriates me is when we get out there uh, to help somebody fix an issue that's stopping them from doing so much more people will jump out of the woodwork and get suspicious right away and even if even if you become fully transparent there's always going to be somebody who's like oh well you know why you do you're only doing that so you can get more likes or like you can or you can get more followers uh you're only doing this so blah 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 well you know of course if I start a cause that becomes successful and I'm able to help lots of people or even a few people, then I get more followers or likes and shares because of that. That means that my audience, my potential audience to help more people would be larger and I would have an easier time finding a percentage of that audience to be willing to contribute voluntarily. So that's not really that much of a bad thing if you really think about it, first of all. And second of all, how is that suspicious? If somebody's spending their own free time and i'm talking hours days to do something like this and putting themselves out there like that that is an act of selflessness which i can kind of see the logic and why that would rub people the wrong way we live in a uh, selfish society so i can kind of get that but uh, but it's okay to be selfless you know there's nothing bad or wrong about that as a matter of fact it feels very good the rewards very much outweigh the the risk mm -hmm. yeah you know, you're, you're risking helping others like, you know, oh, gosh, like what's my supposed to be risking this? I could help others and help their lives be better. That's that's just a horrible risk. I, I, I'm absolutely 100 percent willing to take. And speaking of helping other people and taking a stand, I got a lot of respect for the community that Tyree comes from for for stepping up and and condemning this. Um, I've seen I'm seeing a lot of stuff from from all sides, really saying, hey, you know, what, what the hell is this? Um, unfortunately, it should not take these kind of issues to wake us up to the fact that we need to reform our law enforcement and our laws and, uh, and even abolish and repeal some things. But um, it's very sad when it comes to this. So my, my deepest condolences to the family of Tyree Nichols and to his friends and everybody that that took part in his joyous life, uh, you know, like I was saying, he was big into skateboarding. 
He's up there skating half pipes in the sky right now. Rest in peace. I just want to give a commendation to one of my longtime heroes, Tony Hawk, for, for stepping up and making a donation to the family of Tyree Nichols. Yeah, man. Uh, that's that's just commendable, 100%. Um, I, I've never even heard of somebody saying a bad thing about Tony Hawk. Um, he's kind of like on that Ryan Reynolds level where every story you've ever heard about him is a good story. And it's it's good to see him still just actively trying to do good things and, and give back and, you know... It's not his fault what happened, but he still wants to try to make things as good as possible and help out as much as possible, which I love seeing. Definitely have always been one of my longtime heroes. I remember I did a project on him back in middle school. Everybody else was choosing all these big celebrities, you know, actors, actresses, rappers, country stars, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, you know, the fame is good, but it is what you do with it that matters. So kudos, Tony Hawk. You're the man. Yeah, I did. I did one of those projects. I did it on Jay Z, um, because I forgot about the project and woke up that morning. Was like, oh, I I need something to do for this project today. That I have <laughs> to stand in front of class and and do in college sometime in like two hours from now. Um, That's when you get up there and make a bunch of if then statements. If I if if I knew Jay Z, then <laughs> it'd be like the Ancient Aliens show. Yeah, but, <laughs> but what if and if then. Does that mean <laughs> it could potentially it's all these like what if scenarios built on each other, just stacked like of what if scenarios that entire show. I, I freaking love watching that thing. It makes me laugh so hard. <laughs> I got a good what if this one's going to challenge a lot of, of us in, in our area. Um, and I'm specifically talking about you know, I don't I'm not a member of any political party. So when I say libertarian, I mean like a libertarian thinker, um, libertarians and anarchists specifically. Uh, what if the standard for hiring police officers was not lowered? Oh, I could tell you uh, the what if if they are. That's for sure. Because the Tyree Nichols situation, every single one of those five police officers that were involved in that situation were hired through a brand new deregulated program that started a year or two ago that the mayor started because it was too hard finding cops. They needed people in those positions and they had to make sure they were unqualified for it. And look what happened. You know, a lot of people like to have a very one-sided approach to this uh, based on a single issue. Uh, when we, when we talk about law enforcement in America, when, when we talk about more importantly, uh, policing in American communities, this is a multifaceted issue. For one, they're working extremely long hours. Okay. Sometimes 12 or more in rare cases. Uh, two, they operate under very coercive policies. Some laws are not written well enough to leave any room for discretion to be used during enforcement. And uh, number three, it really is your paycheck or the door. And in almost every industry here in America and in the rest of the world, you know, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. You don't like it. You know, we won't pay you. And that's tough, man. You know, it, it, it puts a lot of stress on them. And it's no fucking wonder that they turn out with a lot of different issues, both inside of the police department, working on the streets and outside of the police department when they take off the uniform when they take off the badge you know mm -hmm. it's it extends into their family lives and into their social lives beyond that 
And that's wrong. You know, it's they, they, there should not be that much pressure. And in order for us to actually solve this issue that we all see, we all see it. Okay. You know, like I just said moments ago that I don't belong to any political party. And the reason that I don't is because, well, how could I believe in one thing if I'm in this party? And I just, I just decided to get rid of that argument altogether and start over again. Um, uh, and, and anyways, the, the reason is that we're all choosing these single issues to approach it from when in reality it is many issues layered over one another. So we got to start back again from step one and take a logical approach on asking ourselves, what is the problem with policing in America? Yeah. And I like how government, when uh, they approach that problem, right. they said, yeah, let's not look into why we're not getting cops and why people don't like cops nowadays or have these opinions. They do, you know, what? let's, let's actually deregulate the, uh, the application system and make it easier for people who want to abuse that power of being a police officer um, to get a job with us. We're paying a lot of money for this guys. This is expensive. First responder services are hella expensive. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, some cop's car just got broken into. Somebody sold $21,000 with the gear out of it. There's a lot of listeners out there, I bet, where if you look at your city budget, your police have brand spanking new equipment every three, four years, right? Brand new Tahoes, Explorers, fully loaded. You know, that's that's fucking great, dude. You know, but that shit's expensive, man. It's it's pricey, and unfortunately, they're they're not managing their resources well enough. And every right. facet of policing nowadays, um, you can never have enough training. And and instead of putting more money into training for certain scenarios, special situations, whatever it might be, or even everyday stuff that really we should be training on the most, right? Um, they're not. That the training keeps falling off, becomes fewer, like fewer, fewer lessons every year fewer and far between and but it's it's funny how they always have the money to buy new stuff sometimes like it's it's almost like there's corruption <laughs> <laughs> i'll scratch your back if you scratch my back i know you gotta fix four out of five streets in every ward but if you only fix two out of five streets in every ward then we'll have nicer gear um but how does that how does that help reduce crime? How how does having nicer gear to be able to outlast somebody in a police in a police chase that winds up with the front of a veterinary clinic smashed by the car they're chasing? I'm I'm gonna get called a conspiracy theorist for the millionth time of my life for saying this, but there's there's a chance that this has something to do with BlackRock basically owning every motherfucking thing in this country 80 percent of corporations are owned by blackrock and then we see this kind of corruption happening this kind of scratch my back scratch your back type of situations that happen that always involve buying new stuff before you need it consume 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 and they're the ones that own the companies that sell you the stuff to consume i have a i have an issue when i hear somebody say that um that a libertarian or more specifically an anarcho-capitalist wants to use corporations to enslave people like that's <laughs> they don't want makes... to they already are yeah that's what i'm saying like in an, <laughs> in, a, in an actual free market you can fucking take your labor 
and go somewhere else and nobody can stop you or use violence against you for that. Like that's mm-hmm. like that's that is true self-ownership. When you're able to quit your job and go somewhere else without somebody and trying to take your property from you or take your life from you. That is true free market capitalism right there. Okay. So I don't want to I don't want to hear another fucking bit of that. That's bogus. <laughs> Dude, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. It's like when people bitch about the minimum wage. They're like, oh, we need to raise the minimum wage. Like, no, we need to abolish the minimum wage. Like, 100%. Get rid of it. Why do we have it? Like, why is the federal government or state government get to tell anybody what they can or can't pay somebody? Let that come down to your hyper local market and a free market, and it will balance itself off, and everybody will end up getting paid more. I promise you. People, there's going to be a rough period, and I, I think people don't really realize this, but uh, that rough period is not going to be very long. I, I can guarantee that because the smart executives will say, hmm, all the people who are getting treated like shit over there are going to work for those other people over there who are giving them a percentage of the company to own and giving them plenty of sick time and paid leave and profit sharing and hmm... <laughs> it's going to be pretty obvious that the people with the happiest employees are going to have the best product. They're going to have the highest quality product. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it would happen a lot quicker than most people think. And you know what? I'm uh, I I don't have a crystal ball in front of me, but I can pretty much guarantee it would happen a lot quicker than it took us to get through the pandemic with all that bullshit. And we saw how many companies changed their tune when people would just refuse to go back to work because they're like, why I'm getting paid to stay home right now. There's a pandemic going on. Why do I want to go work at McDonald's? And all of a sudden McDonald's is like, Hey, yo, we will give you like a $10,000 signing bonus. We'll pay for your, uh, your apartment. You're going to get 20 bucks an hour and we'll pay for all your schooling for college too. Like <laughs> you guys just said you couldn't do $15 an hour a year ago. Right. Now that nobody wants to work for you because the way you treat people and everything else that you've done, and literally, you are begging people to come work for you to fill these spots. Now you uh, are able to allocate that. Oh, oh, sorry. Counting error. Look, here's all the money we can allocate to that right. again. Exactly. <laughs> that, that's exactly what will happen. Not only should you follow the money, but you should try to influence the money as well. Show them. Show them that you can take your labor somewhere else. Okay, that's... That's not communist, okay? That's called free market capitalism, all right? Nope. In, in communism, you have to be yeah. forced to do something like that. In a free market, you can voluntarily yeah. come and go as you please. Yeah, and insert sound clip of Angela Bassett and Black Panther of show them who you are. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> That's uh, when he's fighting. Uh, it's the challenge day for Black Panther challenge. His mom yells out, show him who you are. And then he finds the courage and the strength to all of a sudden just bait dude's ass and the nobility and the stoicism needed uh, to not kill him when he could have, too. Um, That's why I it seems like this that really create that love hate relationship with Disney. Um, They have so many just based scenes in Marvel and a lot of their newer movies about stuff where it's just pro-liberty this pro-rights that like hey this white pilling this stoicism that and then they are just such a 
horrible company. <laughs> 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 like, I, they're they're a conundrum, man. Like I want to hate Disney, but I can't. But I do. But I don't. Like I'm, I'm not sure. Look, there's a reason. There's a reason that South Park pro- portrayed Disney the way that they mm-hmm. did, man. <laughs> South Park doesn't just fucking do that kind of shit for no reason. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get it. I get it. I do. And then you rewatch like movies from your childhood, those cartoons, and you're like, holy shit, what the fuck were they pushing on these messages and stuff and images? And then you watch new stuff they're putting out. Like this entire movie is pro liberty. Like it is, it is pro like anti state. <laughs> like, and it's blowing up. And most people don't see the messaging in it. But, you know, if you're looking for it, you're absolutely seeing it. Um, I'm not going to quote anything because I don't want to get sued by Disney. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's my dilemma with Disney. They, uh, it's a big time love hate situation. They got a lot of base shit in their stuff. Um, and they're such a fucking horrible company. Like I, I, and I got kids too. I can't not have Disney. Can't. I mean, I could, I right. could, but I, Dude, you don't want to fucking grow up without Disney movies, right? dude. Like, God, that's you know what? I'm gonna put an entry in the family Bible about this one. And you know, you want to teach your kids they're in this learning environment, right? And they're young enough. You want to help instill the the liberty based principles of libertarianism, anarchism, and, and things of that sort. Um, but they don't they don't really get it until they get to a certain age. Um, and and when all their other friends have Disney Plus and they're talking about this show and that show and having birthday parties about this, it's really hard to look into a five-year-old's face and say, I'm sorry, but you cannot have Disney anything. Like, that's yeah. almost an impossible task as a parent. Um, and I encourage you to to let, let your kids get out there. You know, You know what's best for your child. Obviously, I'm not telling you what you should and shouldn't do with your child but what i am saying is uh coming from experience seeing what other kids are doing and being able to take part in it really really makes a huge difference in the level of happiness that you experience growing up like big time especially just social norms and social societies like that we are i mean they have to learn kind of like how to to live and behave in that social structure right um, right. So being involved in everything, you, you can always have opposing views and show those too. There's nothing wrong with that. Part of it also is you got to know thy enemy. Um, if you know a certain company and corporations doing some shady shit and they're not uh, on the up and up on everything on the back end of that company, make sure you keep an eye on them in all facets too. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. But let kids be kids, man. Let them have a fun childhood have that uh that bonding time with them um, watching those movies but still have those conversations where you uh you throw those opposing view factors at them and ideas and thought processes and thought experiments and things of that sort that's the best way to combat that but yeah my, my love hate disney relationship summed up right there <laughs> well disney i guess we're on your fucking radar now huh <laughs> Swear to God, if the fucking Fed show up for if the Fed show up at my door for talking shit about Disney over anything else, I'm gonna be really fucking pissed. <laughs> We're gonna have right. Disney handlers now. 
<laughs> do you think their business cards are the shape of Mickey Mouse's head? And they have little plastic protector <laughs> holders for it. <laughs> so they roll up in like black SUVs oh, and suits and black sunglasses, right? And they pull out this cute, adorable little card. <laughs> what would their what what would their internal organization be even be called? Um would it be like DTF? <laughs> Disney's task force. Disney's task force. The Disney task force. TF. <laughs> DTF. <laughs> what do you do for a living? I'm DTF, baby. <laughs> we got to get some shirts made. Oh, man. Fuck yeah. So on that note, I think we better wrap up here. It's uh, It's been a good day discussing anti-politics. Um, hopefully... There's some things that you can pick out of this episode that you can take with you and pass on. Uh, and even if you think that there's something you can improve on, then do that. I want you to be better in, in any way possible. Even if you become better than me, that's okay. I would love that. <laughs> that's the best thing that can happen, right? Seeing somebody grow and get better than you and just keep reaching for more. And that's the, that's the coolest thing to watch, man. Yeah, it really is. Fucking for sure is. But you ain't going to get there. Unless you eat your goddamn green leafy vegetables, eat a balanced portion with your meals, and drink your motherfucking water. Your fucking water! Do it now. All right, y'all. We'll see you next week. Take care. They'll have